Hello, and welcome to a show of their own, Sports and Life with Morgan and Laura. I'm Morgan. And I'm Laura, and we have a lot to talk about today. Um, shockingly, the MLB hasn't grown a brain yet, so there's a lot to talk about with that. <sighs> and then, of course, hockey. So I think we're going to start with MLB, because let's get all of that out of the way, and then we'll end. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't even want to talk about it, like, at that much, just because I feel like that's all we've had to talk about um but it's still awful um there's now another team that's getting a bunch of positive tests um the cardinals who apparently it was went to a casino. casino yeah it was a casino is what i read um so not great um i think the biggest like at first with the marlins my biggest takeaway was Yes, the players went out, and they shouldn't have, and that's on them. But then it also felt like their manager and MLB as a league needed to take accountability because they knew before they played last Sunday that there were positive tests, and they should have just canceled that game instead of risking the Phillies team. And the other thing, too, is – and, like, you, you, Morgan, for everyone's knowledge, I think we should give you props for reading through that whole <laughs> long handbook. It, the thing that surprises me is how much the owners complained about having, like, they wanted revenue sharing and they wanted this, that, and the other because they were afraid of losing all of this money. And then they come to an agreement and they don't want to enforce it any kind, even though if the game gets canceled – that's their money that's like flying out the door that they lose. And it's yeah. not just like they don't make money because of the start and stop. They will lose money. And yeah. they, so I honestly, if I was an owner and like, obviously this is my investment, I would be like, listen, if we catch you, it doesn't matter if you catch Corona or not. If you go to these certain places, like you forfeit 10% of your salary each time we catch you. Yeah. And it's just, okay, so I did read that 100-page quote-unquote protocol manual because if you, I I will say, I didn't, like, read word for word. There were parts where if they weren't talking about COVID protocols, I just, like, skimmed through it, but it definitely reads like a college student trying to pad an essay because they have a word count slash the more pages we have, it'll look like we have more rules and more protocols and we'll look safer. So let's just make as many pages as we can because a lot of it was redundant and just expanded to a way that wasn't necessary. There was a whole page of literal definitions for PPE. And I'm not kidding. Like it said, surgical mask refers to any mask, blah, 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 blah. And then it had cloth mask. And um, in 95 masks, I think it had face shields, gloves. I was like, why, why do we have a whole page of definitions? We don't need that. The last 20 pages were um, forms for players, like, to fill out. Well, they were examples of forms for that players would be filling out throughout spring training and stuff for if they had symptoms and what symptoms they had and if they had a temperature and what it was, and then diagrams for what the dugouts and bullpen needed to look at and I'm like players don't really need to know that like that's more for the coaches and like uh, ball field staff like it, it definitely it read as like you know what the more the more pages we have the better we look so let's make 100 pages and from what you were sending me even the stuff that was like protocol I think calling it protocol is a bit generous it's more yes. like suggestions it, yes yeah because even like, for example, it was talking about leaving the hotel, and it said, should avoid leaving the hotel for non-essentials. Should avoid and prohibited are not the same thing. So, and you're leaving it up to baseball players, which, no offense, by the time I got to that, I think that was, like, page 60. Like, I doubt they were going to get to that, because I read 16 pages yesterday, and I was like, I need a break from this, because this is dumb. So I don't blame players if they didn't want to read it either. There was the thing uh, 
you, you, I think you favorited the other day or, or retweeted and I saw it, and so I have to read this because I think it's hilarious. Someone from ESPN uh, reported, I've spoken to several MLB managers in both leagues and one thing they're really concerned about has been team hotels being full of people. Two managers told me about weddings being celebrated at the team hotel, which were real, really crowded and no social distancing was practiced. To which Michael Callie, I don't know this guy, I really feel for MLB. Sometimes you get everything right. You prepare down to the millimeter and you get done in by completely unpredictable problems. Like what if there are other people in hotels? <laughs> I'm like, this is so valid. Like there might be other people in hotels. Right. And I think we, we even talked about that. Like I think in the first part of MLB just doesn't know what they're doing. I think we said like, do they have a whole floor to themselves? And if so, like how does dining work? Because they're supposed to dine in the hotel, but they don't have their own dining room if it's a hotel with everybody else. And because even in the, because they have the protocol bro- broken down by so much, so much that doesn't even need, it's not necessarily like basically it's broken down by players. And then like, if you think you have symptoms, if you do have symptoms, if you came in contact with someone who had symptoms and most of it's like basic stuff we all know of like what to look out for and what to do. And it just a lot of it was like and I was even reading on the masks and it was saying that if you came in contact with someone that tested positive obviously you have to have two negative tests in a row and then it like in the bullet points it mentioned wearing masks but then again they're not required on the field in the facility in the dugouts in the bullpens in the clubhouses I was like but then where are they required like none of it shockingly made sense um and and another thing I thought was interesting because you put put this in our our show notes that there's it it impact because of their protocols and how they did things there were games played when players positive were involved and so then we just like like screwed over these teams who didn't necessarily have players break the rules just happened to be like bad luck on the scheduling that's that's really like if I'm an owner I'm really annoyed if I'm a player of those teams I'm really annoyed because it's like we did what we're supposed to do and because of poor planning and other teams not doing what they're supposed to do we get screwed over yeah and it feels like the Phillies got screwed over the most because again they were the ones playing the Marlins and the MLB seemed to know that Marlins players had tested positive before the game was played on Sunday so that shouldn't have been played and then that risked the Phillies and I think they've had a few test positives so now they haven't played for a week they're I think they're supposed to play Monday if I read that correctly I don't know for sure but now that the Cardinals have tested positive they've delayed uh Milwaukee because that's who they were supposed to play this weekend they didn't play Friday they're not playing today on Saturday I'm sure they're not gonna be playing Sunday or any I'd imagine the beginning of next week so then now it's been four or six teams that have now had to cancel games Washington Philly Miami Toronto St. Louis Milwaukee it like (laughs) you've impacted six teams now because you've been selfish and again, like, obviously the players were the ones that weren't responsible in going out. But I also think that managers have some responsibility and coaches because they're also staying at the same hotel so they can, they should know where the players are. And obviously MLB because their protocols are dumb. And even in the protocols, and I sent it to you because I thought it was ridiculous, a lot of it was like, teams can decide on what their protocol is or what they're going to do as far as um, players deciding on wearing masks and all this other stuff. It was kind of like, okay, we'll, we'll kind of give you some protocols, but it's up to teams to decide, really. You guys, you can handle it. Just do it yourself kind of a thing. And considering the vast array of uh, competence between all of the different MLB teams – that seems very unsmart. Like it, it seems like some teams just don't have the brain power to come up with. <laughs> Literally. And not to like make excuses, I really wonder if it's because some teams just have younger players mm-hmm. and 
that just kind of, you know, their brains just kind of get in the way of like logic. But at the same time, it, it, nothing was set up to really like keep the players safe in the first place. But then you also have the players who don't seem to care either. So there, it, there's just no responsibility for anyone. The thing that's interesting to me is, so I live in Iowa and this is a similar, the MLB has some similarities to how Iowa baseball did things. Iowa high school baseball, um, as far as there weren't a lot of, like, obviously they're not going to quarantine high schoolers or stuff like that. They just had a lot of, like, suggestions and distancing rules and stuff like that. But the one thing they did, which I get it's different for MLB versus high school, the one thing they did is if you have one player test positive, your season's over. And so then they didn't need to have a lot of rules because it's like, don't screw us over. Like, right. do, like, do all, like, basically play games, come to practice, and that's it. And yeah. don't do it, and have your family social distance and all of that, because if you test positive or any of you test positive, our season is over. Yeah, and even, like, in the book, it did say it's that players need to be responsible because they're jeopardizing other players, and there, there have been reports that there are players throughout MLB that are rightfully mad at the Marlins for not being responsible because I would say a majority of players seem to be very strict in what they're doing and making sure they continue, get to continue the season because they fought for months to get to play. And that's like, I feel, so it just came out, I think, just before our show started about Lorenzo Cain. And mm-hmm. I feel horrible for him because he's on the Brewers who – played at the Cardinals when they had positive tests but for all for all we know like the Brewers didn't do anything wrong yeah he because of the positive tests and the exposure and the fact that he has a young family is rightfully concerned and exercised his option to opt out but I would hate if he opted out if the reason that he opted out is because it's like well I thought it was safe but it's no longer safe now because people aren't being responsible like if he feels that it would be safe if people weren't responsible and now feels that it isn't that really sucks because then he's being forced out by the bad actors right and when it was just the Marlins you could kind of assume okay it's just one team that's being stupid and not following any rules and being careless now that you also have the Cardinals too it's kind of like okay how many other teams are being careless we just don't know yet I did want to point out this tweet I saw that I thought was funny because in the midst of all of this the Baltimore Orioles traded someone to the Marlins (laughs) payers should have an automatic no trade call to the Marlins in 2020 and I feel like that's valid for real. And honestly, I think the Marlins should just like forfeit the season just because look how many other teams are impacting. And really, if one team out of 30, yeah, it makes it an odd number, but honestly, it. considering it's the Marlins too, if you just gave <laughs> all of the Marlins schedule, gave all of the teams they played wins for those games, would it really be that much different than if they played the games? Like, it'd definitely be a few more wins that would have been losses for those teams, but not as many if you, as if you gave, like, a team that actually, you know, tried. And here's the thing that sucks. So they've only played three games this season, and technically they're in first place because of win percentage in their division. Which is absolutely insane. It's ridiculous. And to just add on to the ridiculousness, yesterday, well, fr- it was Friday. You're listening this Monday. Days confuse me now. Um, Manfred told teams that they need to do a better job at managing COVID better, which, yes, but also the way he's saying it alleviates him from any part of responsibility, which Which, is ridiculous. And here's the thing. It, it, it is ridiculous from a truth standpoint, but let's even look at this from a PR standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like, look around everyone. Like the MLB is united on a few, MLB fans are united on a few things. No one likes the Astros except Astros fans. Yes. And everyone thinks Manfred is just like horribly incompetent. Right. So, okay. Everyone thinks that and you're trying to get good PR. Even if you don't think you did anything wrong, if you say, like, ultimately it's on me, I have to be responsible, I'm exploring all of the ways, all of that, that comes off way better than it's right. like, hey, it's not me, I'm only in charge, what do you expect of me? <laughs> How many times have we talked about 
MLB and team PR since like November. Right? It's just, it's so bad. I did want to, oh, someone, it looks like someone scored in the hockey game. If you hear that on the thing, I have a goal horn. And so let's, it's probably the Hurricanes because it's on the power play. This is, we're recording this on Saturday and the hockey started. And of course, I, I told Maria, I'm like, sorry, you just have to live with the fact that hockey is going to be on because I'm in my happy zone. So let's interrupt our conversation. <laughs> my TV is clearly a little bit behind because I'm still on the power play. It was, it was Carolina. If you can see that I have my TV behind oh, me yeah, so Laura can kind of see it. <laughs> This is so funny. This is going to be people are going to be like, what's going on? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, I just saw it. Okay. Was it a power play goal? Yeah. Or no, it was just after the power play. Was okay. Over. Just after. Um, but anyways, um, another thing I wanted to point out that MLB related but doesn't have to do with COVID. Uh-huh. Mets being the Mets. Hilarious. I feel for Mets fans, but hilarious. They were up seven nothing last night you know I have no idea what you're about to say because I haven't seen anything unrelated to COVID it was like in the third inning or something I forget exactly but they were up seven nothing and they lost 11 to 10 (laughs) how do you do that you be the Mets (laughs) just like oh my god okay and yes the Mets they're the perfect example of why trusting teams to do their own protocol and they haven't had any problems so for all I know they're running that great but they historically not just baseball wise but just as an organization yeah have some you would kind of expect them. them to be the ones to have the outbreak yep so the other thing that came out friday night was that manfred had also i don't know how like he does this but apparently he contacted all the local affiliates that broadcast games and told them basically to prepare for the season to be canceled and have alternate content to be broadcasted which part of me feels like that's just like a ploy because he did something similar when they were negotiating on playing he essentially told them there's not going to be any 2020 season like I don't believe there will be and players found out obviously we're mad about that and then like a week later the con it was negotiated and we have a season so part of me does feel like he's just bluffing so then everyone will really super take it seriously now but then the other part of me is like just go ahead and cancel it like it, it just feels like as this this airs we're gonna have either no baseball or it's gonna be very very limited and at this point I'm just like fine I have hockey just MLB just quit <laughs> and that's okay that's the thing I was talking because the, the, you mentioned the the six teams that are impacted by this Washington, Philly, Miami, Toronto, St. Louis, Milwaukee. All but Miami, I know for sure, either have a hockey team or an NBA team in the playoffs. I don't know about Miami's NBA team. I honestly can't say. Well, actually, Miami has the Florida Panthers because they're basically in the Miami area. So all of these teams have another team. So I'm guessing the alternate content would just be more about the team's playoffs. Right. Because honestly. And I – freaking love baseball I just hate who it's run by and not it ruins it it like like truly ruins the sport I feel like uh maybe for right now it'll probably get back to us but for now I officially get to pass this honor on to Morgan the thing that we always said about hockey best sport worst league now I can pass that on to uh, you and I'm not sad to lose the worst league uh, it's awful it's awful and Especially knowing that, like, the CBA ends at the end of next year. Like, so we're just hurtling super fast to a lockout. And it's upsetting. And I I want nothing more than, than to watch baseball this season. But they don't know how to do it. So why are we risking everyone? And given, obviously, it's only a minority. But given what some of these players, the decisions that they've made, and Manfred just being who he is, <laughs> Do you really have any confidence that a lockout could get resolved anytime reasonably? Oh, no. Not at all. Not at all. And that's also why I'm part of me is like, well, maybe he's just bluffing about season being canceled, but also, like, good if it does. I'm also just more surprised that, like, this is going into the second week of the season. I gave the, the, the league 
two two weeks before the season ended. And apparently I was being optimistic. Who knew? Did and, not expect that. And it is just like, okay. I and I think I was texting you about this. Like no one tried to be creative at all. Like I I, right. I understand the concerns that the players had with the bubble for a whole regular season in playoffs. It is different than the NBA and the NHL in that regard. But this the agreement was then basically have a mini season with minor tweaks and no protection really, like very minimal right. measures. That's not creative. That's barely thinking about it. Right. I mean, it's just, it's frustrating because it's like, I feel there has to have been a better option. I'm, I mean, even just like requiring them to wear masks on the field seems like an easy one to go with. Well, and why can't you, since you're like, okay, have a designated hotel in each city and then say, hey, will can we negotiate a fee for this time? such that we are the only player we are the only people who stay in it even when we don't have a team playing in that city yeah and I feel like that should be fairly easy like can okay so the Rangers new ballpark has a whole thing around it restaurants and stuff one of that includes a whole hotel I don't understand why they couldn't just hey we're gonna book up your hotel because they could pay for it it's not like the hotel would be losing out on money and the thing, too, is the hotel could probably give them some kind of a deal, mm-hmm. just in the sense of, obviously, the wedding and stuff like that. But for the most part, even now, hotels are not that booked. Yeah, and even when you think about it, it wouldn't be every day for three months because they would only need it when the Rangers are in town playing. So for mm-hmm. half the game, or for half the season – you just book those up for the away teams. And I know Atlanta has a similar thing that the Rangers do. So there's another hotel. I'm sure every team has a hotel nearby that they could do that. Uh, The other thing still is an issue is apparently communication between MLB and the teams because four hours ago, Ken Rosenthal tweeted that source confirms Brewers Cardinals game is postponed today. And then another player, I think he, who is he with? The, I can't tell, Brewers, Josh Lindblom, Lindblom, I'm terrible with names, whatever, he's a brewer, he tweeted at Ken Rosenthal, he said, hey Ken, can you check with your sources and see if we have a workout today and what time stretch will be, hashtag I need new sources, and that's when a lot of players have been like, I'm checking Twitter to get news because reporters are tweeting it before we even know what's happening. Which, again, not shocking. That communication sucks. This is where, and I know this has been a recurring theme of the show, but I'm going to do it anyways. Holding the NHL out as a good example, that's a nice change of pace for me, on this stuff is um, pretty early on. And I think the revenue sharing component was huge for the NHL because then everyone was pointed in the same direction. And so the NHL and NHLPA have been communicating constantly since the season shut down. And then the NHLPA basically formed a task force because each player or each team had a a union rep, but then they asked for, okay, can we have a special, can you like each appoint a COVID rep? And then those players would vote on behalf of their teams on different things that didn't require a full league-wide vote, but then also communicate with their teams. And they were having meetings like most days with the PA And then the PA obviously was in constant communication with the league. And so you never really saw players complain a lot about a lack of communication because everyone was involved because everyone realized like, this is how we we execute something the best. And it's to the point where today I was watching an interview with Gary Bettman before um, the start of the game and they're asking him about like a big thing in hockey is the handshake line after Mm -hmm. a series and they're talking about it and he had a really intelligent answer he was like yeah we're thinking about maybe like the elbow thing or fist bump or something but also we're going to talk to the medical experts because these handshake line this would be after like even this early play-in series would be after a couple weeks inside the bubble and if we still have zero positive cases with everyone inside the bubble, like, 
it may be feasible to actually do a handshake line. And that made sense to me because they're all like completely isolated. And it's like, this is how, when you, when you do something smart, when you're cautious, you can have nice things. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good transition into like hockey because I don't want to harp on MLB any longer, but I did have a question for you because again, hockey's on right now. And (laughs) so the, the uh, broadcaster or reporter or whoever, I don't know their official title, that's in between the benches. Oh, yeah. Why is he in a glass box if he's also in the bubble? I think it's just an added measure of, like, and I don't know if that's going to be for the entirety of the um, playoffs or if it's just for now, because also players do the whole, like, spit thing. And they're not yeah. looking that. They're not having rules about that. So I think it's just like partly for that. Um, but yeah, I, it, it was kind of weird. They always have glass up. They basically yeah. just added the ceiling that they never really had before, which is a little weird. But like, I, I don't know. That's, it does seem like one of those weird things, honestly. But it does. Because like, I didn't notice it in any of the like exhibition games. I just happened to notice it today. And it almost looks like as if he's patient zero, and so they just have him in his own little box, so he doesn't infect anyone else. It could not, it could even be not related to, like, infection or anything, but that guy has a headset, mic, Mm -hmm. and there's no crowd noise actually in there, and so maybe they want, like, obviously that's not a ton of protection, but it does insulate it a bit, because hockey players in their language... (laughs) (laughs) You can't I don't them. mind hearing it. I, I don't mind <laughs> hearing it. I think it's awesome. They can't put it on TV and like hockey, you can't ask hockey players not to curse. The NHL knew that. They didn't even bother asking. <laughs> and so, yeah. So, I mean, honestly, that could be more of the deal than anything else. Yeah. But it is funny to me because like, so Sebastian Ajo got the second goal today mm-hmm. and right after he scores, they zoom in on it, him and he goes like, let's fucking go. <laughs> and like, he mouths it. You don't hear yeah. it. But then every time they show a replay of that goal, they like conveniently edit how they're <laughs> showing the celebration or like when they cut it off. And I'm like, are you serious? Like four year olds aren't mind readers and adults can handle yeah or mouth readers oh we got a goal oh it has to be the hurricane on the power play unless the rangers got a shorty but i don't think oh rangers got it oh they got a shorty rangers got a shorty that's interesting you're gonna hear like live (laughs) updates i think this is fun it's like almost like electric chair like watching us watch the game kind of thing live updates but like two days but it's like you get to see our reaction yeah so let's see if i have any commentary on this but then yeah obviously we have a lot to talk about with hockey because while i liked it well hockey came off this week looking competent comparatively to the nhl i mean it's easy or to the mlb it's kind of easy um on the other side of things, there was some real controversy and mismanagement in my eyes mm-hmm. uh, from hockey, and that concerns obviously a very serious topic. Um, obviously, during quarantine, there was all of the George Floyd murder and protests and all of that surrounded that, and um, hockey has really struggled with that this year with Bill Peters like it being revealed that he's a racist horrible human and getting fired and everything that happens that we have talked about and the formation of the hockey diversity alliance which is very cool um and and i like that they intentionally formed kind of without the league separate of the league they're working with the league they meet with the league but they're not funded by the league at all and don't want to be that they're independent because then they can really call for the reforms that they want Um, But then it was, and by the end of the preseason games, I was so over this because every single game, it was like, let's all stand next to each other and stand for the, like, that really means something. The fact that, hey, we're enemies on the ice, but we're standing between each other. Like, wow, what a big deal. And then every team coordinated press release right when the national anthem happened it was just so like so so it's like a nothing burger like you did nothing yeah like 
every every team that posted the picture had the exact same caption essentially yeah okay and then also like this is why hockey players some of them are just so freaking immature so it was nathan gerby and cam atkinson of the columbus blue jackets who are like really short they decided, oh, hey, this is going to be funny. We're going to stand in between Zdeno Chara, who's like 6'9". And so it's like Zdeno Chara and his two little children. And it's like, okay, I see outside of this how it could be funny. But when you're doing something that is supposed to be your right. tiny little thing that's barely even doing anything, and you make a joke out of it, how is that funny? Like, I don't think that's funny. Yeah, it... it- it doesn't even, like, they're not taking it seriously. Like, it's not, they didn't make the moment serious, and then they're still not taking it seriously. And one one tweet that I saw about it was from Lexi Brown, JT Brown's wife. Who's awesome. Um, yes. She was like, standing with the opposing team, LMAO. Okay, y'all are rooming together, too. So, like, it's not that big of a deal. Y'all are all staying in the same hotel. Like, if, if we're not, we don't believe you're, like, truly in enemies and this is like a big moment for you okay but I did want to point out a player who I did think actually really did something of significance um Alexander Georgiev who is a Russian goalie and I believe currently because that Shesterkin is unfit to play um is the backup right now for the New York Rangers he got a new mask design for his uh like goalie mask Mm -hmm. and it includes a portrait of Martin Luther King and a quote from him from his like famous I have a dream speech but that's like obviously that's whatever but the the cool thing to me is he said I want to auction this off after the game and the highest bid all of the money that we raise will go towards a Black Lives Matter charity and oh, I'm that's like really good okay so like if that guy that like does whatever stands next to whatever does whatever but he actually did something right like he he had like something real to back up the performative yeah and that's not that hard like he it's not like he did this most amazing thing ever he he came up with an idea to raise money and that's way more of a statement than any of those dumb press releases people yeah and the thing I was like waiting for was someone to say oh well they're standing because you can't kneel on the ice like I was just waiting for that argument and I saw someone on tumblr like just have a perfect post for it which is just like tons of pictures of players kneeling on the ice because as we know it's possible they do it all the time what anytime there's a horrific injury it's not a good thing but it's sad everyone kneels like that's the first thing they do or even in the warm-ups before the game Mm -hmm. After, like, there are plenty of times I've seen when, like, Jamie Ben's playing his brother, and they're at the center line, and they're either side kneeling, talking to each other. Like, I was just waiting for that excuse to be dropped, and, like, it's, it, it, they can do it. We've seen it plenty of times. Okay, but also, like, there's so many, like, and it's, it's like, I applaud that Georgiev. He, he, he did something. Why can't even, like, they stay in the locker room for the anthem and then instead of showing the players for the anthem they show pictures of those who were murdered by cops yeah like that would be interesting that would be something new and different there's so many things like you can just come up with these things and instead it's like let's get the most boring thing possible and like that does nothing that makes no statement that's the thing it's like doing nothing would be a statement like not standing in between would do a statement so they decided we literally don't want to make any statement at all so let's do this because it's not and it's like okay because you were afraid of offending people who can't say black lives matter you chose this like right. that's pathetic it's so weak a, a sport that prides itself on being like tough and all of that and it's like this is the weakest crap ever yeah and the other thing about like them just standing in alternate lines whatever we see that at like the all-star game like we've seen these players stand next to each other regardless of teams so it, it it's like not even the least they can do it's below the bare minimum 
Yeah, well, and, like, I thought it was cooler in, what was it? Av's, it was Av's Wild, Av's Played the Wild, and they had, I think JT Brown was actually in that game, but then they had Matt Dumba, Nazim Kadri, Pierre Edward, Melmar, all players of color, and mm-hmm. they stood next to each other. Yeah. The anthem. And I'm like, okay, that at least makes more of a statement because it's, like, very intentional. Right. But, like... I don't know. It's just, it's, it's frustrating because it was like, let's like, it, it, it's very apparent. The whole goal was to make the, the like quietest statement possible. And yeah. it's like, if that's your plan, if your plan is like, I want to make no statement at all. Well, then that tells me everything. Cause it's like, you don't want to try. You don't want to, offend anyone even people who honestly you shouldn't care if you offend and when you get the congratulations of a certain son of a certain person who happens to hold the president title that tells you how wrong you are and what you're doing can we also just say though props to Akimalu because yes that was I stand <laughs> I did also like, and I'm curious to see if NHL responds to it because it did become a trending topic, was the hashtag kneel for NHL where fans posted pictures of them kneeling because none of the players could or would. Um, and it got, it was trending. Like I was seeing a lot of it on my feed and I, it was, I don't know if it was under like just United States trending topics or what, but it was there and it was there for, I would say most of Friday so the league definitely saw it and props to the black girl hockey club yes who's a a cool like cool follow very cool organization just to follow in general but they were really instrumental in starting and promoting that yes and I will give the NHL and some particular NHL teams I really liked during the regular season how a good number of teams hosted that organization yes because I that like that's the difference between what they did in the preseason games and the difference between that and, and hosting black girls hockey club is that that's spotlighting people of color really doing something for hockey and, and people mm-hmm. of color in hockey. And it's like, that's more than just like performative. That's an action. Right. And so, yeah, it was, that's frustrating, but I think we should also talk about the fact that as of like a couple hours ago, the playoffs started and I, we did just watch the, obviously you guys will know this by now, but the Hurricanes won. And I think, I think Morgan and I are both happy with that result because yes. we both kind of stand the, the Hurricanes Twitter account. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was, that was a lot of, a lot of fun, but I think it's so good to see the NBA and the NHL starting up because I think especially kind of juxtaposed with the MLB because it's like they're being rewarded for doing it right. Mm -hmm. And I, I really applaud that. And I think it's also good for just like the psyche of everyone Mm -hmm. to have some sports to watch and to really get into and to just to have that familiarity back is so needed and so, yeah. I don't often say this, but I really give props to Gary Bettman for doing this correctly. And I'm really excited to see um, all, there's going to be so many games in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, I didn't even realize this. Like, if every series, playing series, goes five games, every team would have to play at least one back-to-back. So, like, the Penguins, their first three games – there's a day in between, but if mm-hmm. it, it goes to five, day four and five are two days in a row, which that never happens in the playoffs. So that's I really kind of want every series to go five games. Just give me as much hockey as possible. I would be okay if the Penguin series didn't go five games. Yeah, for, for you, I would allow them to only go three. But yeah, anything else that wants to go five games, that would be fascinating. And I think because MLB is garbage right now, Usually that's like sports are my escape. I think they're a lot escape for most of us. And so like watching MLB hasn't really been 
felt like much of escape. There are times where I'm like, wow, it does actually feel like there's a crowd and like we have like real baseball and it feels somewhat normal. But there are a lot of times the MLB and I'm like, it's still like I, I know something's off and something's wrong and I can't fully enjoy this. But like with hockey, I'm like, I can fully enjoy this because I know they're being smart about how they're playing and it's playoffs. And right now I don't necessarily truly have to care about how the stars are doing. Like I don't have to have that anxiety of playoffs just yet. And I can enjoy like every game all day. Okay. The one thing I will say for the teams that are in this, the round Robin seating thing, I did not realize until they said this in the exhibition. So for like the penguins and any team that's in the plan, if it goes to overtime, it's a playoff overtime where it's just, normal five on five mm-hmm. until someone scores if it's for the round robin it's three on three <laughs> so you can't um, escape that 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 fun time of frantically for shootouts i don't know if there's going to be shootouts i hope not that would be lame mm-hmm. but um it, it i was thinking about this too because i think it really is hard to foster a sense of community during this quarantine when it's like don't like be apart like the the thing Mm -hmm. that's best for everyone is to be apart trying to foster a sense of community for that is tough like Mm -hmm. and and but I think sports are a way to do that because it's like a whole bunch of us rallying around a team and then all of us just even in in baseball it's great because we're all rallying around the Astros (laughs) and Rob Manfred but okay also just at this point hashtag uh free joe kelly (laughs) just have to get that in there for this but it 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 is great to have that like sense of community and social media is great for that too because like twitter during the games is so fun Mm -hmm. like like arguing about calls and strategies and stuff like that like that's so much more what i want twitter to be than like masks and arguing about that stuff like it's so exciting to actually have that community it's fun to argue something about something that's not like super meaningful (laughs) and like just kind of dumb so with that I guess we should talk about like obviously all of the preseason games are over but then also we have um the first game is over and so just some thoughts I know you wanted to talk about the stars oh Look, I was so excited when they had an exhibition game, whatever day that was. Was that the first? Thursday? I think it was Wednesday because they, they, they played on the second day. Okay, so on Wednesday, they had an exhibition game against Nashville. And I was so excited for it. Like, it's, it's the first game that they're going to play. And obviously, it doesn't matter, but it's there and we have it. And then it was just exactly where they left off in March which was beyond frustrating because I remember the the last few games and it being like, okay, are they going to have to cancel the season, postpone it? I was like, do it. So I don't have to watch this mess anymore. Just do it because I'm over this team. And so I was like, finally, I had three weeks or three months off or however many months that was off from them. I was like, okay, they're going to come back and it's going to be great. And it wasn't, it was literally the exact same team. They, they, Laura, they were down. They were being outshot eight nothing in the first period, like halfway through it. And I was like, "This is exact, like literally where we left off. We cannot take shots. We got penalties for days. Can't score a goal. They lost two nothing. Sagan wasn't playing because he was unfit to play, which is a very ominous term. I get that that's their blanket term, so they don't have to say who has COVID, whatever injury, blah blah blah. But it's a very ominous term, and I feel like they could have found something better than unfit play but I mean could you even just say can't play right or like won't be playing yeah something generic that like people use in in normal language right just saying like unfit to play like my brain just immediately goes did a trauma happen like a mental breakdown is immediately where I go because I've also been watching a lot of criminal minds so just the word unfit just doesn't sound normal um and of course you know since it's the exhibition I have to get my myself ready for playoffs which means watching ice time for Gary Onoff and Robe Hintz because 
I it's been a few months since I've done that, so I have to get myself together on that too, which is again about the same. There was nothing surprising. Like they weren't the bottom three ice times, so I guess that's surprising, but like they still weren't. For not having Sagan, for Cogliano being injured in the first part of the he played three minutes. He didn't come back out of the out to play the second or third period. You would think they would have had more ice time than they did. Yeah, they each had like, about okay, fifteen so, minutes, I think. So if Sagan is injured how is Hintz not the number one center? And if he's the number one center, then he should play more than 15 minutes. Yeah. The top three ice times, I think, were Ben Pavelski and Radulov, if I remember oh, correctly. Was Pavelski then? Okay, but this is the thing that would be obnoxious about that. Pavels- if, I think Pavelski did play center, but he doesn't normally play center. So why would he then move to number one center? Like, they've been uh, yeah. playing him all the year on the wing. I don't remember what the lines were. I just know they were the top three ice times, which, like, I guess, okay, at least Jamie Benn was the top three goal scorer for the team in the regular season. Um, oh, Rob Manfred has another quote. I just, ooh, real-time notification. <laughs> it's here. basically what, what he said earlier. Rob Manfred calls MLB's current coronavirus situation, quote, manageable, and that there is no reason to quit now. Says okay, players need to be better. Here's the thing. If it's manageable, why aren't you managing it, Rob Manfred? Thank you. It's what I said yesterday. I was like, okay, so do it. You're literally in charge here. Yeah, that okay, that's dumb. Um anyway, back to NHL. I did want to point I'm gonna out, be disappointed. I did want to point out something I'm pretty sure I heard on the Steve Dangle podcast that I think is relevant for the stars. Steve was talking about how because normally playoffs happen like within a week after the end of the regular season, which is mm-hmm. eight games. So we have a lot of experience with the team, a lot of chemistry, a lot of knowledge of the systems, all of that kind of stuff. This obviously we're starting up with two week training camp, one exhibition game after a three month, basically after a summer break. Yeah. And so how it's it's even less than time practice and stuff than the start of a season normally. And the start of the season is usually kind of sloppy and all of that kind of stuff. And so he, Steve was saying he, that he thinks it will kind of show that like coaching will have a bigger impact on the games and all of that, because like there's so much less time that strategies, who you put out where and like, the, the little things that you tell them to do, okay, like focus on this and all of that kind of stuff, all is going to matter. And I hate to say it for you, but I don't think that that's an area that the stars have an advantage. As okay, soon as you I- said coaching, I was like, well, we're out of it. <laughs> we're done. Because bonus is just, he doesn't have, like, I think the good coaches of today like I think one of the best uh, and is very he's actually very underrated because people think he's like what he used to be is that Tortorella mm-hmm. for Columbus and it's because so he used to be like really hard and like old school and he still right. has some of that in him but he kind of learned that like hey this is how you motivate people going forward but then also this is like the direction the game is going this is the strategy so they like have a lot of their own internal metrics that are based on a lot of the like advanced statistics and stuff mm-hmm. and he's like okay but how do I break this down so my players get it and he's he's worked on that and really invested in that and I think those kind of coaches who have experience but then also and like do have some of the motivational skills but then also really value like the things that we've identified that make a good team and a good coach today like that balance is so critical and bonus has approximately 0.2 percent maybe if I'm being generous of like modern day coaching ability and knowledge yeah yeah it's I just after that exhibition game and I realize again first game in however many months not always going to be the greatest but like to see absolutely no improvement and like just be like oh is this the team because then also thinking about like okay just think almost think about it as like the beginning of a season they were awful at the beginning of the season like I don't want to see that again 
and, and then, I, it, it just, uh, and I get I've got to be disappointed. So much of the Stars' identity is their defense. I get that, and they are a really good defensive team. However, I, I heard this talked about like with maybe Columbus and stuff because they don't really have the offensive talent. But Columbus kind of intentionally doesn't have the offensive talent. Mm-hmm. The Stars have the offensive talent. They aren't deploying it correctly. Right. And like, so the, someone was saying like the Blue Jackets are going to be the first team to try to win a game negative one to zero. And it sometimes feels like that with the Stars. Like, yes. Do you think if you, if you defend well enough, like the other team loses a point? Like, what do you think's happening? Like, you have to put some of your good offensive players who maybe aren't completely polished defensively out if you want to score a goal. Exactly. And I said a lot of that during the season. Like, I don't know how many times I said, defense is great, but if you have nothing on the scoreboard to defend, there's no point. Like, you have, you have to score a goal, and if you don't have any goals, what are you defending? Zero, which that's not going to win the game. And this is something I heard. Oh, you can hear them announcing that five minutes till the next game. I don't know if you caught that, but that's uh-huh. what I said on my – but then also um, the other thing I heard, um, and I heard this on a, a, a Leafs podcast when they were talking about Al- their center, Alexander Kerfoot, and they was like, he's a good defensive center, but if you look, he's not – if you watch him play, you don't say, oh, wow, that's a guy who's great at defense. All it is is when he's in the offensive zone, he prioritizes possession. And the quote I heard that I think is so relevant here is, puck possession is shot suppression. And so it's like, if Gurionov and Heiskanen, or Gurionov and Heiskanen, Gurionov and Hintz, but I mean Heiskanen is also a part of that because he's an offensive-minded defenseman, have the puck in the offensive zone, then the other team doesn't have the puck in their offensive zone and so they can't get a goal from that side of the ice unless something really bad happens (laughs) so it's like like people don't see that like you're on offense then you're like they're not on offense that's a good defense too but this is why I really hope for your sake and just for the good of hockey (laughs) that bonus is not the head coach next year because I'm worried that he will be. That ain't it. Okay, if they play like they have been now, he really shouldn't be. Really shouldn't But then part of me is like, what if they just want to use the excuse of, well, he didn't get to start the season, so maybe if he starts the season as the head coach, things will be different. (laughs) I could see that being like, maybe he just needs a full season to, like, get in there. Okay, I very much get why Monty was fired and I have no problem with that and I understand pers- the, all of that stuff takes priority definitely right purely coaching wise Monty absolutely wipes the floor with bonus I, it's not even co- close and the funny thing is is that as a big when bonus first took over he basically said he was just copying everything Monty did and I was like well it's all like sure you guys can be saying the same thing but you are two different people, so it's not going to come off the same way. And honestly, part of me, like, really hopes Monty comes back. Like, if he's, like, able and, like, feels good enough to want to be a head coach, like, I would love to see him come back because I think he worked really well with the players. There was still – I would say there was still some, like, ice time issues with certain players. But for the most part, he seemed to at least have logic reasoning to back up what he was doing yeah I I there are some good coaches available because like everyone got fired this year I have to look up I'm looking up uh oh okay I couldn't remember his name the Vegas coach Gerard Gallant that was the biggest stunning thing when that he got fired because he's a really really good coach and this is the second time in my opinion he wasn't he was fired unjustly If, if the stars keep bonus and Gerard Gallant does not have a job. Like the general manager, the president, everyone involved in Dallas Stars hockey should get fired because that's insane. And when he was first fired, there was like big talk of like, will the Stars try and get him as a head coach? And I like I barely know anything about him other than like he's a good coach. And just seeing the tweets of the shock that he was fired had me know enough to be like, okay, the, the Stars should get him. Well, I was really hoping it was going to happen. Here's all you need to know about Gerard Gallant. 
he took a team that based on the talent everyone who like does analytics anything like that had projected to finish 31st in their first season in the NHL because they didn't have they had a bunch of second and third liners and a bunch of right. like second and third pairing defensemen all they had was Marc-Andre Fleury like that was the yeah. only elite elite player they had they had a lot of some like pretty good players to but that's all they had and he took that team to the Stanley Cup final what could he do with Denis Gurionov and Ruby Hintz like it would be beautiful whatever it is so this is frustrating. Yeah. So hopefully that would be my, my pick for Dallas and there are other coaches who are available. Like I've heard good things about John Hines, who was, Oh, I guess he was hired who, who but I mean, there are other things. Peter Laviolette's kind of meh, but he would definitely be better than Rick bonus. Like there are player, there are coaches out there who are better than Rick bonus. Yeah. And I even, I think it was Sean Shapiro who wrote it, like, not long after uh, Bonus got the team. It was kind of – he mentioned even the – what is the minor league hockey team called? I already forgot. Stars? Yeah, but, like, what is the – AHL. AHL, yeah. Okay. Um, In my mind, I was like, double-A hockey? Not right. (laughs) Mixing it with basketball. (laughs) Um, But – he even said the AHL hockey coach, like, he was kind of surprised he didn't get the call mm-hmm. up, essentially, because he clearly knows how to work with the younger guys, and he's kind of proven himself, too. So he thought – he kind of thought that bonus was going to be just, like, a fill-in for a couple weeks, and then maybe they would actually go get, a, my words, real head coach. No offense to bonus, but he hasn't mm-hmm. head coached in forever. Um, so I thought that would be interesting – I, I bet he'll probably have, like, an interview or whatever, at least a mention, hopefully, as head coach. I can't imagine them just going straight, being like, nope, Rick Bonus next year, too. I'm sure yeah. they have to have at least some kind of talk about it. Yeah, I, I really hope so, because there there's so much talent out there, and Bonus is not even close to it. Sorry. Just saying it, Pam. Yeah. So, do we want to do rant and rave? Yes. Okay. I can go first because I sent you mine (laughs) last night. Let me. So, the freaking uh, (laughs) Cubs and their freaking Twitter account. And I say this as a fan of the Chicago Cubs because my mother is a fan. But, oh my God, buy a clue. Seriously. Let me find it and I'm in the wrong text chain I'm, I have to look at what I texted Morgan because I, I may have vented last night because I was really annoyed so they show a picture of I believe this is Wilson Contreras blowing bubble gum and like the bubble and said wait you're telling me the whole NBA is in there and I just wanted to be like okay in the middle of your league being dunked on by every other league because you are doing this all wrong you're going to make fun of the nba for doing this right really really the funny thing is when you sent me that tweet i didn't even understand it like it took me a couple minutes to be like oh they're talking about him blowing a bubble and it being a bubble (laughs) yeah okay it's like you don't need to do that and don't try to be funny like no that's not funny stop yeah, they used to be one of the better Twitter accounts in MLB, and they've kind of, like, gone downhill. Fail. <laughs> um, my rant, I, I kind of had two. One was more of a rant at myself because I realized how much I say um and like, and I mostly noticed it because of the quick hitter, and I know I do it because I'm trying to get my brain to catch up to what I'm saying, but then there was, and I know don't read the comments or whatever, but I was reading like some stuff from like uh, Locked on Rangers when I was doing that. And I, someone had mentioned like, there I go, say like a lot. And I just wanted to go listen to the episode. Cause I was like, do I really say it? And I, in that specific episode, I was like, well, I am saying it a lot. And it was just, you know, when like someone mentions it to you, you start hearing yourself more. Yeah. So 
I've started noticing it and I know I did it like three times just in talking <laughs> about it just now. I definitely and, do that too. So, so no judgment for me. And I know like, again, <laughs> um, <laughs> I even text that way too, because that's how I talk. So yeah. I say like a lot in my text and I've caught it then, but I don't really notice me saying, I knew I said um a lot just because like when you take speech class in school, never say um it's just a filler blah 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 and I'm like but my brain is catching up to myself I can't help it and I caught myself doing it a lot when I would like interview did again when I interview players for softball and stuff I caught myself and hearing it made me stop doing it as much so hopefully me ranting about myself saying like will at least fix it a little bit (laughs) I will say for me personally um and like it has to be like a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. Like every other word. I, I have that with you know too. There's a couple players mm-hmm. who every other word is you know. Oh. And I noticed Athlete that. interviews love to say you know. <laughs> but if, if it's spaced out enough, like um, you know, anything anything like that <laughs> doesn't really, con- it, it doesn't register. Like my mind just kind of edits it mm-hmm. out. It has to be a lot in my right. opinion. I'm not, there- I know other people feel different, but that's my opinion. And there was the only reason in that specific episode that I listened to it, I sounded like a valley girl just saying like, 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 like over and over. I was like, okay, I can see how that would be annoying because it's annoying me too, but I don't always listen to myself talk. So that's like my, my rant slash thing I'm going to work on. So, um, rave. I feel like this is obvious, but hockey's back. (laughs) I was going to be my rave too. I'm just like I'm really excited. I get to watch my team, and they haven't. They don't play for a few more hours, so it's not a rant yet. But I'm just really excited. Even I was so into the Hurricanes Rangers game, and listen, I like the Hurricanes. But if I was watching a regular season game of theirs, I'd be like, meh. Yeah. But I was really into it, and like Chicago and Edmonton are playing next, and I really don't watch those teams a lot during the regular season, but I will be very into it just because it's like, hockey, we have hockey, and I don't right? know this, how this is going to end. This is awesome. <laughs> I know. I had. I was trying to think of my rave, and I was like, I don't really have anything because I've mostly been disappointed, um, and I really, I feel like maybe this is also part of a rant. Like I don't have MLB network because my stupid cable provider and they couldn't negotiate whatever. And it happened on April fool's day. And I was like, well, whatever. We don't have baseball at the time anyway. So it didn't matter. But now since I can't watch it, that's usually how I catch up with all of the teams at night. Cause they do the roundup of every game. So now I feel like I'm missing out on so much that could be raves, but I don't know. Um, but I did come up with one thing that was baseball related and that is, so the Rangers are on their first road trip of the season that will probably end in a couple days. <laughs> so their only road trip, I'm sure. And you know how most of the teams have like the cardboard cutout fans and a lot of teams do different things. Like there were, uh, the Giants had a few celebrities. Some people like sent in their cats, which I think is adorable. I know the Mets had dogs in theirs. Uh, the Rangers did some players too, former players, and they have a franchise four, which is fans voted on who the franchise four and the team was, and it was Nolan Ryan, Adrian Beltre, Michael Young, and Pudge Rodriguez, and so they all had cutouts. Well, the Rangers brought them with them on the road trip, which normally I'd be like, that's so lame, but like right now, I'm like, that's a power move, and then they put it behind their dugout. I was like, okay, you brought your own cardboard cutout so you could somewhat have fans there. It's kind of, like, dorky, but if it's the only thing that's going to make me happy with baseball, I'm here for it. Okay, I also have one rave, and I can't believe I'm even saying this. I have to give a shout-out to Gary Bettman. Words I will never say again, because, so they were, have done some interviews about, and people ask questions, like, what are we going to do with this? What about this? And someone heard, like, oh, they have piped-in booze that they could do. And so they're like, oh, like, how's that going to work? And he said, well, you know, so like normally when I present the cup, there's a fair amount of booze. So I might just have to ask him to pipe in some booze for that. So it feels like normal. (laughs) And I like, I I was like, yes, I'm here for that self-awareness and just like a commissioner being able to laugh at it. Right. It's, it's, 
it's pretty funny. So that that is funny. Props. And if he actually goes through with that, major props. Right. It's one thing to say it, and then like two months from now. But I dig it. So, anyways, with that, anything else you want to add? I think that's it. Hopefully, I'm part of me is kind of hoping by the time this comes out on 11 on Monday, we still have baseball. I'm in that weird phase, like, do I still want baseball to continue, or do I just want it to cancel? Oh, yeah, handicap this, your prediction. So, when this podcast comes out, (laughs) I think we'll still have baseball when this podcast comes out. I think they're too stubborn to cancel it that soon. That's what I'm thinking. The end of the week, I'm a little less confident. I think it depends on if they mandate masks on the field and, like, actually get some protocols and, like, mm-hmm. just tighten it down. If they can't do that by, like, Tuesday, well, really, like, Monday, because they've had a week, then I think by the end of the week, where it's just going to... And I think if they have even one more team who had players who ha- were confirmed to have had it while they played another team, mm-hmm. this season's over. Like, because yeah. they're about a critical mass of teams that they're having to cancel yeah. games on. So... Stay tuned on that. I mean, for all we know, next week is going to be another edition of our MLB Just Doesn't Know Anything series. So, At least we have hockey. That's the only thing keeping me sane. Hockey. Hockey is back. So with that positive note, um, I will let you go. I'll let you guys go. Um, Have a good week, everyone. We probably will do a quick hitter about something. And we will see you next week. Bye, guys.